Kentucky Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. It's quarter to 11 here in Murrayfield on a Friday night and we are recording for you the tale of a heavy defeat for Connacht. 41-14 brings me back to the old days coming over here, William Davis, when Connacht took some heavy defeats. Tough night. Uh, Well beaten in the end. Didn't get to grips with the game. Found themselves 20-0 down. Clawed their back Claw their way back into a situation where they could perhaps have really done something but the errors that were throughout the performance got them in the end and, and Edinburgh just strolled away Straight off the top we'll talk a bit more about where this leads Connacht and set the scene Coming up in the podcast we got up with Bernard Jackman who was working for Premier Sports over here uh, straight afterwards and he gave us a little bit of perspective again through the prism of maybe Irish eyes for sure and Connacht eyes of course as a former player just from what he saw from Connick, that's going to be interesting. We're going to hear all the post game, a lot of depth there to that as well. William got to chat with Richard Cockrell. I talked to Andy Friend and Paddy McAllister. And then, if that's not enough for you, you're going to hear a lot from Jeff Webster of BBC Radio Scotland, who joined us for the final section of the podcast uh, a little bit later in this particular show. But as we record this, we're just kind of topping the whole story. And just before we get into the meat of the podcast, we just need to. Do the where are we now, William? Where are we after this? The listeners have watched it. They're going to hear from the coaches in a second. My word. I'm, I know we were feeling good last week. <sighs> That's the balloons burst. Well, the balloon has burst temporarily. Where they are is they've played 12 games, they've won six, and they've lost six. Doesn't sound too bad. No, it's a 50% record. But all these heavy defeats. I can't, like, I can't remember a season. It's a long time. Probably pre-Eric Elwood era when he kind of bought that steeliness into side where Connick shipped numerous 30-plus defeats in one season. Yeah, when they've come up against good sides, they've been made to look pretty ordinary. Uh, that's happened in the Interprovincials, which are 0-4. and four, And it's happened here tonight. And it happened in the first game of the season, but they weren't they weren't thrashed in that game at, at Scarlets. Um, Gloucester and Toulouse, even with the half decent performances, got bonus points off us. Yeah, they're, 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 I think they are close-ish, but they are struggling with certain things. The physicality of Mata at eight this evening. We've seen Marcel Cotsia for Ulster uh, causes problems. Heavy ball carriers. Max Deegan, destroy us. Yeah, heavy ball carriers, guys who can run at you hard, uh, cause our system a problem. There's a there's another issue now. It was referenced by you know Connick themselves. They were disappointed how much ball they gave up against Cardiff. Well, the same thing happened again tonight, and that's a big challenge because sides feel they can get get in there and get in Connick's faces. The fact that they got themselves back to 2014 was excellent, but. They didn't. They weren't able to see that out. Uh, look, Finlay Beelham, th- three minutes, bad injury. Long. He's gone to hospital. He's got a scan. You'll probably know more by the time you listen to this. But from what we know, it looks like a break, and it could be really serious. But we'll hope it's not too long. Well, you, you certainly hope so. Um, young second rows, Joe Maximew and Niall Murray. Uh, they did okay. The lineout operated okay, but then a key lineout when the hooker had just been replaced. Defensive line-out when Connacht were needed to get clean ball, get it away, didn't work. It's small things. We could talk about the yellow card penalty try. Bizarre piece of refereeing, in my view. Uh, and I don't... What that actually did, that just gave Edinburgh 
a little bit more icing on their cake. They've got a couple of cheap penalties which they'd kicked. It played a key role in the second try, which put them 20 nil up. Whatever about the fact that they deserved a try out of that break anyways and Connacht were in desperate trouble. You know, second try comes from being down to 14. Yep. And that comes from Tiernan Halloran's silly penalty as well. But. Yeah, and he, he got himself back involved having picked up what looked like a nasty stinger. So Two great tries, yeah. But you, you still come away that you're not... You, you asked me the question, where are Connick? In all honesty, I'm not sure. But I think they have a huge game now in South Africa. They've, they've got to... It's very simple. They've got to win some games if they want to get into the playoffs. I just want to finish this point before we get stuck into the... Uh, we'll hear from Bernard Jackman first and then maybe the post-game audio. Just the discipline you know the yellow cards there should have been another few yellow cards near the end they got caught up in battles with Edinburgh and scraps they, they were falling on the wrong side of the ball giving away sloppy penalties and then young Conor Fitzgerald we've got to mention it once anyways because it was just the worst thing you can see on a rugby field that isn't a red card let's put it that way it's a yellow card nothing more but a foot trip right at the end ah, it just wasn't a good way to finish the game was it? No it wasn't and he'll uh it was just one of many such instances he, but it was he, the he'll worst. regret that it was a poor kick he was frustrated Edinburgh decided to run it back um, look he knew what was coming the card came out and he walked off he looked crestfallen hopefully he learned from that um, there was a lack of decision making at times by Connacht they made bad decisions uh, Bernard Jackman who you'll hear in a while talks about the fact that they, they still incline to overplay the ball there isn't a pragmatism there that maybe is required, especially in conditions. These were rough. This was this was a sports ground type night here in Edinburgh. The wind was blowing, the rain was coming down. They scored five tries. Yep, and they're that's but they you can see they are a bit they're ahead of Connacht. And we're gonna hear from Jeff Webster on that a little bit later, but yeah, they're in a great place. Brustering out of the challenge cup, part of a long term plan for Richard Cockrell that's coming together. Yep, it is. Connacht's long term plan. Well, a lot of the long-term plans about the stadium, and I understand that. But you've you've got to get a you need to start winning games. Six and six is just about tolerable. It's it's leaving you still relevant, but you're running out of room. Uh, I reckon they've probably got to win out of the remaining nine games. They've probably got to win six of them. They've got to get to 12 wins. They've got to pick up some bonus points. You only have like 30 seconds. We're going to hear from Andy Friend on this. Just one more point was at 2014. Connacht have a line out in their own 22. They chose then to make three changes, put a bit of pressure on Johnny Murphy. We felt it was the wrong time. We'll hear Andy Friend's response to that as well, which is very honest, but yeah. Yeah, that was an error uh, at the wrong time. And... As well as compounding those, there was just there was handling errors, there was mistakes in in lineouts, but balls won in the lineout, but not got back correctly, not controlled, not looked after, small mistakes, and when you're playing a side that's nine, eight, eight, we're eight and three now, nine and three, they don't let you off the hook. We better get out of here, Russ. We're going to be locked in, but you're going to hear things in a different order because we've caught some great audio for you here, uh, which will put some perspective on the defeat. Don't forget, we'll be back during the midweek as well. Here we start with William speaking with Bernard Jack. Bernard, sublime to the ridiculous for Connacht in some ways. Twenty-nine nil last week against Cardiff, and taken apart this evening here. I know by the conference leaders. What did what did you pull out of that watching that game? Uh, listen, I think. Um the weather conditions probably um, 
you know, definitely harmed harmed Connor. Connor and her team will want to play, and I know they handled the conditions pretty well last week in the sports ground. But to back that up a week later, um, missing some key guys um, against an Edinburgh team who really know how to, I suppose, win ugly. I know, and that sounds harsh when they score forty one points. But if you look at how they actually build a score, it's very meticulous. They're very pragmatic. They they force errors and then they capitalise on that. And um, you know, I think. You know the try that led to the penalty try came from Connor probably trying to play too much. You know they were, they tried to play a little loop play off the edge, knocked the ball on, and then Scott. Um, you know they, they end up getting a penalty try in the yellow card, which was you know farcical to be honest. I mean an incredible decision, um, but just the game seemed to go away from Edinburgh. Just continue to play that you know high kicking game. Force errors and once Connor Connor did really well to battle back, you know, from twenty nil down um, to score two tries and go twenty fourteen. But then again, I thought, you know, Edinburgh will bring on John Barkley and he seemed to settle them and then they just they they powered on again and that's why we just a bit of confidence from winning regularly, you know, the top of the table on beating at home. And Connor had a difficult season in terms of a lot of injuries early, and then obviously being the European Cup. Um, that really tests your squad and I think Edinburgh are probably a little bit further along the road in terms of investment and in terms of having, you know, two or three quality players in every position. Um, you know, and even now with the internationals away, Richard Cockrell is able to put together a very, very strong team. Um and I think they're you know, they're, they're contenders now, you know. They're contenders whether they're good enough to win this year or not, I don't know. But if they beat Cardiff next week they'll be at home, they're in a really strong position. And looking at, at where Connacht are, you know, Europe was, was very, very difficult for them and, and the injury situation. They're 6-6 six and six now. They're going to have to play pretty well to get themselves into third place in this conference. They're going to have to get some consistency in their performances. Yeah, no, they will. Uh, I think the coaching group they have will, will get that. I think, um, you know, you look at two second rows tonight, young young players, not not experienced at this level and how to grind out wins, but they will benefit from, from that experience. Obviously, they, you know, they, they suffered a horrific injury early on. Um, and when you're playing against, uh, you know, a, a pack like Edinburgh to lose your tight head after four or five minutes is, is a big blow. And all these things... You know, get magnified, um, and and scoreboard pressure then builds, and Connacht looking to to get a win to back up. Obviously, a very good home win last week, and maybe they overplay a little bit, and that's uh, that's that's normal, you know. Um, but they are in a tight position. But listen, if if you're going to back any team in this league to to knuckle down and fight and scrap and 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 try and get as many points as they can and to to qualify, um, you know, for the playoffs, I would back Connacht. You know, and and the good thing for me is Carty's back in form. Um, that's a that's a big boost. And when you get those couple of players back from from Ireland squad, that will add to it massively. I know. You know, it's only not losing as many players as some of the other provinces, but those players are absolutely crucial to to Connacht, I think, for them week in, week out. So they'll be delighted. I think Andy Friend will be delighted after Six Nations over to get those guys back and 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 just get a little bit of consistency selection. Andy, we were on such a high last week as followers of the team as we do, and now it's such a low with such a defeat. So maybe you can give a more uh, balanced perspective. But how are you feeling right now? Yeah, frustrated. You know, I, I we were. We were happy with last week's um, the win and the bonus point. Uh, we knew we still left points out there, and we came here today quite confident. Um, but I just thought we made too many errors in that first half, gave too much of a lead. We did start to claw it back. That's the fight this team's got. But uh, in the end, again, more errors, and they fed off those on a night when you can't play football because of the weather and what, what it's doing, and we need, we need to manage the game better. What's driving those errors, do you think? What's, what's bringing them out of the team? Oh, I think... Um, it's a good question. I said it, it, it's it, it's it's a, an understanding of when you can play and when you can't play. 
Uh, and I just thought tonight, with the conditions doing what they were doing, we tried to play too much rugby. Mm. And you know when you're... <laughs> When you're up against a good opposition who Edinburgh are, they don't not sit at the top of the conference for, for no reason. You're up against them and you're up against conditions. You've got to respect both of those things and you've got to try and turn them. And that's what they were doing to us. Uh, we didn't do it to them as well as we needed to and we paid the consequence. People may forget Connacht were in a very similar position to Edinburgh last year in terms of momentum. You can see the momentum that they have, but you can see the frustration coming through Connacht. You're seeing a contrast now, this season to last season. Mm. How, how do you manage those frustrations? Because they were clear in the closing stages in terms of discipline from Connacht. Yeah, that was, yeah, we're normally very good with our discipline. It was a really frustrating game. I, I, yeah, the whole game, I just thought uh, there was not a lot of consistency from everyone involved. Um, and that led to frustration. And said, The yellow card in the first half and Jack Hardy were, were a bit perplexed by that. Please, yeah. I, I've never seen a yellow card like that. So not only is it not a try, in my view, because it's a knock-on, it's now a yellow card, penalty try, yellow card. Wow, unbelievable. You know, but anyway, that's footy. Um, yeah, I just thought there was a few things happening off the, off the football, on the football, lack of consistency in some of the decisions. But that's not the reason we lost the game of football. We've got to be able to keep our heads better than that. We've got to control the ball and we've got the ball. We didn't do that tonight and, and that's what we've got to fix. Sometimes, and it's, it's the highs and lows of sport, mm. you look at a team out there and you say, maybe this Connacht team aren't ready for more Champions Cup next season when you see where Edinburgh are and when you see what the Challenge Cup can do for teams to propel them. I'm sure you're going to push back on that, but do you understand that logic? Oh, I do, and I, you know, it's funny. I had a good chat to their coaches before the game, and they said the same thing. They said, you guys look like us last year, where they were in Champions Cup. They pushed really hard for Champions Cup. They didn't have the squad depth to do, to do both. This year, they're in, in Challenge Cup. Um, they're rotating their players like we did last year in Challenge Cup and then putting their best teams out there for, champ, for, for Pro 14. Again, we've had a... Yeah, another another injury there tonight with Finlay Beale and so we haven't had a good run with injuries it's not an excuse but sometimes you have those years um, all I know is we've got, we got nine games to go we're virtually going to have to win we've got to win seven of those nine games um, if not eight of those nine games so we've, we've put ourselves under a lot of pressure If you look at the scoreline at 2014 you're still in the game substitutions came on on that line out in the 22 if you could have that back would you hold off for a few more minutes after what happened yeah, and I, I need to take some responsibility for that you know it, we, we called it early and then then the kick went back in uh, or the, the line out was, was going to be played and we had the chance to pull it back and I said no no let's back it let's back it now that puts a lot of pressure on a young man mm. coming on and Yep, if I had my time again, I wouldn't have done that to Johnny. But uh, we did, and you know, that's an area I've got to take some responsibility for because it was off that era that they get the scrum and Billy Matter makes the yards up the right side and they score, and that breaks the game open again. Listen, an awful lot happens in sport that we never hear of, and that's right and proper. But Paddy McAllister gave us some really good words but a really clear impression that there's a lot of frustration in that group. It was clear for us when we saw it on the pitch mm. as well. You've, you've got a tough task now to get things right for Southern Kings, haven't you? Yeah, th- we do. Yeah, we we really do, and not just for Southern Kings, but for for the remainder of the, of the season. Um, Is this a crisis point now? No, I, I don't think it's not a crisis point. It, it, we're at a we're at a tipping point yeah. where we don't if we don't win. But you know, tonight I thought we came here full of confidence out of the last game. We knew that it was a crucial game for us. I just felt we probably tried to play a little bit too much, and that's you know I've got to look at the messaging again. It's um, you know what are we saying there that's allowing the players to get out there and you know we, we, we were spending five six phases in the middle of the park there. Well, have a go for two phases if, it's, if you're not going through, turn them. But we didn't. 
on Southern Kings now I mean it is a chance if you come away with the win maybe the points maybe the extra points as well 10 points from 15 won't be horrendous so that, that does give them an opportunity yeah it does you know I said it's not, not all's lost no. you know we we said if we if we uh, if we won no games or one game out of this block we're in a lot of lot of trouble if we win two games out of this block we're alive we win three games we're looking really good well, we're not going to win three games so we've we've only got uh, one game to get so ideally it's two games and we stay alive all right, Paddy McAllister. I mean, must be a god at dressing room, really, after last week to lose a game like that. Yeah, we really are. Um, obviously, we had a good performance last week, and uh, we trained well. We came here with a lot of optimism, a lot of hope. Um, obviously, conditions were pretty bad, and uh, I think we were chasing our tails really at halftime, and we did some things well in the first half. But I don't think we managed the conditions um, as well as we as we uh, should have and uh, second half felt like we started to get a swing of things and then you know ill discipline um, not managing the game well and a few decisions going against us and um, yeah that's you know you can't give a team like Edinburgh at home those opportunities and uh, they're at the top of our conference for a reason and they showed that they can take their chances and build a momentum and it's a, it's a big learning curve for us going into next week. By the time you came on, the game was swinging your way and obviously you get a try a few minutes later, so if you've a try either side of half-time, it should be game on, especially based on where Connick think they should be, which is in the playoffs. They've really got away. You mentioned discipline. What, what, what's, what's your mindset right now and why that happened? Um, obviously, it's still pretty fresh mm. um, and emotional. So I think, as you said, you know we did well to to get back in the game um, end of first half and then beginning of the first half we got another try and our tails were up and then I just think a bit of a pure dis- poor discipline from us um, decisions not going our way and um, you know Edinburgh slowly got their tails back up in the game um, we had a few set pieces where we didn't capitalise either malls or, or something and um, we just can't you know it's, it's beginning to, to to catch up with us this season where we don't we don't capitalize on our on opportunities and um, a team that makes the playoffs has to do that. There's still games to play. We're still um, we're still going to put the hard work in. We have to go away next week and get a win, have that break, and then we have to reassess of, of really kicking our season on because we set out at the beginning of the season to get a home quarter final and it's still not not out of our reach just yet. A lot of games ago, you said you said breakdown's going to be a key area, isn't it? That's yeah. an area where they seem to get a lot out of you and Cardiff last week too. Yeah, I think you know, especially after the Cardiff game, that was the one area where, where, where we were poor at, and we all put our hands up. And um, I know they might have got a couple of penalties here, but I thought that um, the accuracy of our breakdown, speed, speed of um, clearing people out was better this this week. But I mean, if you're Edinburgh and you look at last week on video, you're going to target the breakdowns. So they did target them, but I do feel we handled them a lot better. Um, I think it was just areas outside of that um, where we didn't capitalise on and made some bad decisions. But, you know, it's a very young team. It's a very ambitious team. Our coaches at the same time are very ambitious. We all hold each other accountable. And it's going to be an honest conversation come Monday. But one thing about this team is that we have desire and we work hard for each other every day in training. Um, and I firmly believe that the benefits will come in the season. Yeah, that 10 minutes either side of half time was was um, poor from us, but and credit to them. So um, it was the weather conditions. You know, you make mistakes and you let teams into your into your 22. They they got to punish you, and they, they did, and we did. So look, delighted with the win. Um, I'd have been happy with three 0 and walk away with the weather and 
in the conference, but to, to get a bonus point was pleasing, a surprise for us really, because that, that they're a good side and they've been playing very well. So, um, look, we just take it, we move on, and just don't get too excited. Just you know, just try and keep a lid on everything and keep working hard and, and, and trying to keep trying to keep winning. You've got to make mistakes in the game. That happens all the time. So we've spoken about the last two weeks, especially with the weather. If we make a mistake, don't worry about it. Let's just ignore it and let's get on with the next job and, and, and be positive, you know, put something positive back into the game. So I think the players did that well tonight. Um, look, you know, as a coach, you always want to, you know, want to go 20 nil. You want to go 20 nil at half time and not give, you know, not a soft try. You give a field position that they worked hard and they scored against. The same in the, in the, in the start of the second half, charge down to scrum and then once teams get in your in your 22, it's so hard to defend and keep them out. So. Um, but no, across the board we, we managed to work it out. I think there's you know some real positives from not tonight. And Dan Winning's debut for at Tighthead for us, he did had a really good impact when he came on. Stan South, I thought Barkley was really good when he came on. And across the board we're just working hard and we're enjoying each other's company and um, there's a there's a good vibe around the club at the moment. Richard, when you took over here you were very uh, the way you said it to me when I interviewed you a couple of years ago was, I'll have to see the players, I'll have to find it, I'll have to get my players and players playing to my standards. Have you, have you got that now? You're nine and three, you're leading this conference and there seems to be a real determination and a real organisation to, to get stuck in. Oh, I've got some really good people here. Like we've got some very good players. Um, some have left, um, some have raised their level. Um, Great coaching staff. Really, we have a really good balance in our coaching staff. Great S&C medical. You know, it's taken, you know, probably longer than I thought it would to get that balance right. Um, and the players want to get better. Most players, if you put them in a good environment and they're getting better, they they enjoy it. It might be hard work. If you, if you're getting better, you'll enjoy it. So, we're we're trying to do that. It's not perfect. I'm not, you know, I'm not the world's best coach, but we we just chip away and we we. Um, I know what. In the modern world we live in, you know, my core values are hard work and honesty and graft and let's get in it and let's see what we're made of. We can't just do the nice things the whole time, we have to do the, the, the horrible things too. That's life, isn't it? If you work really hard, nice things happen and we're working hard and you know, it doesn't always go your way but we're, we're doing okay. But you've got a, you must, you have a real opportunity, playoffs, breaking in here, positioning yourself into Europe. I mean, you, you've put yourself in pole position. We, we want to qualify for, for the playoffs and give ourselves a shot at, at, at you know, Knockout rugby, it's it's fun, isn't it? You know, it, to, nights like last week and tonight, you can forget, forget about that because the shiny bits will come later on in in, in um, you know May and June, hopefully for for us. Um, so we just got to keep keep doing that. Want to be in Europe, want to play at the big table, and it's hard because like Connor, great season last year, then you play some really big hitters in Europe, and it it takes it out of your squad, and you haven't got the depth, um, and it's hard for for the smaller clubs like, like ourselves and Connor. You get battered every week. You know they've had a harder run in Europe than we have, and it and it takes its toll. And we had that last year. Okay, that was the post game audio. Now we are packing up our gear and almost ready to go in here in Murrayfield, William. Well, we've made sense. I've had a chat with Andy Friend. Our listeners have heard Paddy McAllister as well. Some lots of emotion there. Yeah, there may well be, but they've got to reflect on the fact that uh, they were manhandled and uh, well beaten here this evening, mm. and they've come up against. Uh, a very good Edinburgh side, a very well drilled, very well organised side who are top of this conference for a reason. And if you were wondering why they're top of the conference, this evening has shown exactly. They're now played 12, won 9, lost 3, unbeaten at home. And there's a real hard edge to this side um, that hasn't been there 
They're a Richard Cockrell coach side and it's now oozing out of them. Jeff Webster, BBC Scotland uh, correspondent here today, is joining us as our special guest on the podcast. Thanks, Jeff. Delighted to be here. Great. We want to uh, give our Connick listeners a bit of perspective on what Edinburgh are doing. And as I said to you, we all tend to centre things in our own story as well. So we, we feel that Edinburgh have made some brilliant progress out of the Challenge Cup like we did last year. But as well as that, it's a two-year project at this stage with Richard Cockrell. And you can see there's a lot more to come as well. Fruits of labour coming true. I think some people are suspicious when you say it's a two-year project or it's a three-year project because fans want results tomorrow, don't they? But Richard Cockrell did lay out his vision of what he wanted Edinburgh to be and as you were saying there about them being manhandled in the past that was the case. They had a bit of a soft belly. They scored points but they conceded an awful lot. They were always weak in the last ten minutes of a game under previous head coaches, always getting caught out. He has brought this steely determination he's a bulldog and although he's you know he's Leicester by trade and England by nationality he's now calling himself we when he's talking about Scotland and it's been this complete conversion yeah I was interviewing him just a few minutes ago talking about uh, I asked him about Scotland against Italy in the Six Nations the game coming up this weekend and he said to me, yes, if we do this and we do that, and I'm looking at this man with his English accent, but he has, he's really bought into Scotland. He loves living in Edinburgh and he's been able to attract some very good players here. John Barkley coming up from Scarlet's back home to Scotland. Bill Mata, the Fijian number eight, who's awesome. What a player. Yeah, carries the ball so well. He's made some very good signs. Pierre Schumann, man of the match tonight against Connacht. Fans love him. They're chanting the, the school or whatever they, they shout out. Love that, don't they? Yeah. So his signings, they've not been, some of them haven't been headline yes. signings. But he knows what he's looking for. He knows the positions that Edinburgh had to toughen up on a bit. He's also encouraged some home talent as well. Damien Hoyland, Blair Kinghorn, players like that, who are now in the Scotland set-up too. So it's been this mix of, he did have some talent here. He knew he had to bring some in to toughen it up a bit. And yes, if it's a two-year project, then he's pretty much on course. It's brilliant in this sense, William, and we have to talk about Connacht a bit in a second, but it's great to acknowledge the brilliance of the opposition when you're in crisis after a performance like that from Connacht. It's brilliant to see old-school rugby values coming through in the modern game. You know, we were talking about on the way up about the famous French pops in the 80s and 90s and the need for Peter Clausey in those days. But this has been done the right way, but there's an aggression to the way they play the game. There's a hardness, and it's great. Yeah, there is, and uh, when you listen to what he had to say inside there one of the key things when he got the job he's very honest he said I don't know if these players are good enough but I'll find out and the ones that aren't good enough won't be staying and that's what he's done he, he, gave, he said I will give everybody a chance to show me what they can do the first season he did and some players he said have left and he's now got good cover and he's got a mindset there and they're, they're excited uh, as he said, it's all about June. Silverware happens in June. Can they get themselves into a position to get into playoffs on that sort of performance tonight? They, they look impregnable here. They've been that way. They've beaten all season. Yeah. And they've obviously got a, a, a quarter final in the Challenge Cup away. But he'll go and give that a go as well. And I suppose in some ways, irrespective of how Scotland are getting on an international level, he's doing his job here. And that's key. What will annoy a lot of our followers is 
the way Connacht lost to an Edinburgh team missing 12 frontline Scottish internationals. Having said that, as William points out, there's only two teams here. If you manage your resources right, and it hasn't been done in the past, you can build a huge squad and a lot of depth. What depth he has here? That's one of the things that he's concentrated on, and I think he knew that when he arrived. He could get a good 15, he could get a good 23, but when players got injured, when they went off on international duty, he was found to be really thin, and he's almost doubled up in every position. Edinburgh in the past, even when Richard arrived, couldn't fight under two fronts. They couldn't do domestic, and they couldn't do Europe. We've been astonished by how far they've gone in Europe, and they got through to the quarterfinals, as you were saying, of the Challenge Cup. Back to Bordeaux, who beat them there during the group stages. So he we were there last year, yeah, tough place to go. He may be thinking, Richard Cockrell may be thinking, this is maybe where it ends for us. Unless he can produce something out of the hat, I suspect he would trade Europe, a semi-final place, to finish top of this conference B. And a home game in the playoffs. We learned that last year. A great season for Connacht out of the Challenge Cup as well. Uh, it was what did it. Kind of momentum came from that. But when they got to the playoffs, it was away to Ulster. And one score to, to pipped them in that game. But not being at home in the playoffs, is, it makes a big difference. Yeah, and we've seen that in the history Glasgow of this competition. Yeah, Glasgow know that well. You had to go to Galway famously yeah. in our famous year in exactly. 2016. Exactly. Yeah. So we know the importance of home. Murrayfield here. I don't know what you think. I mean, what do you think of Edinburgh playing, you know, four or five thousand perhaps here tonight in a 67? No, no atmosphere. Stadium. It's pretty dead, isn't it? You know, they're out the back here at Murrayfield. They are building the ground due for, uh, well, later this year, they say that uh, Edinburgh might get into that. Uh, if they get a small, compact stadium like Glasgow have at Scotson, 7,000 capacity there, filling out every week. And of course, we've also got this change in the balance. Um, do you see it as well? Like Within Scottish rugby, it was always Glasgow. Glasgow won the Pro 12, as it was then. Glasgow had all the Scotland players. Edinburgh were kind of the poor relations. Sometimes Glasgow players, when they couldn't get a game, they were sent along the M8 here to join Edinburgh. And now the scales are tipped. Here's Edinburgh, top of Conference B. Glasgow in fourth place, struggling. They may make it into the playoffs, but by this stage of the season, Glasgow are usually... Top, second top, secured, secured of their playoff place. They're not this year. Edinburgh are looking good. So the scales have changed within Scottish rugby. And I think one of the reasons, as you say, though, is the better Edinburgh get, the more players are then pulled away. The Scotland pack is just full of Edinburgh players. Edinburgh have always had a good scrumming machine but they didn't really have the backs to go with it, and Cockrell knew that. So he's built up his pack again, he's added to the backs, he's brought that steely carrying power, as I mentioned, of Bill Matta at number eight. If only Bill Matta was a Scotsman, I think the Scotland team would... Uh, yeah. we, we've, missed a, we've missed a number eight over the years. We've not had to, One of our pundits always says, all world-class teams have a world-class number eight. And I think that's a position that Scotland... It's yeah. what Connacht are chasing at the moment as well because yeah. we have Jared Butler out of position really, William, don't we, Eddie? Yeah, you, you, you feel today and there was, a, there was a communications breakdown there a couple of times. And we feel Fienga was still carrying the knock for last week because that's not the Colby Fienga we know. No, it's, 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 it's not. And, um, you know, they, they were going backwards at certain times in, in that game. The breakdown area is a huge problem. They, they identified it last week after Cardiff. Well, they had a repeat performance tonight. They, sides now feel they can just go in and take the ball off Connacht. And some of the inaccuracies in two or, two or three lineouts where they, they get the ball and they can't transfer it back properly. That's very basic stuff. And I know the ball's wet and, you know, it was going to Glasgow, Edinburgh are in there hammering away, but 
it wasn't clinical enough. It wasn't. Uh, it just wasn't tight enough. And when you give a chance, Edinburgh were getting a fill up from that all the time. Very honest of Andy Friend there. Our listeners will have heard when I asked him, and you can ask Andy Friend any question; he'll take it. Did he? Would he regret making those three substitutions on that key line out on our 22 at 2014? He says, "Yeah, if I could have that decision back." And you haven't heard this, William. I'd take it back. Uh, he just felt I'd go with it, but it was putting a lot of pressure on Johnny Murphy when we did that. And I think that was a huge turning point. Uh, I think at the end of the day, they were still going to lose. Well, you, well you, you don't know. It just it just handed momentum. This was a game of momentum shifts. You know, uh, Connacht had a bit of momentum. Then Finlay Bealham gets injured. Then Edinburgh had a lot of momentum. Got twenty nil ahead. Then Connacht got. 20 minutes, 10 minutes either side of, say, 5 minutes and about 12 minutes in the second, or 17, 18 minutes. We're well in the game, but couldn't see it out. And then when the second wave came on from Edinburgh, Connacht disintegrated a bit. Their discipline went. They started giving away a lot of penalties. It got really, really shaky and a bit... Foot trip at the end from Conor Fitzgerald is just not something he's going to like to look back on, but it just was an awful way to finish a rugby game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, he's a young man, so he'll have to, he'll have to, he won't, hopefully he doesn't dwell on it too long, but he'll have to take responsibility for it. It was a dreadful kick and he was fed up and the player came running down and you don't, you don't do that. What's the perspective on, on Connick there? I mean, we're very concerned by the inconsistency of performances, by the discipline towards the end. I know you see it through the prism of Edinburgh, Jeff. <laughs> you probably think, hey, you were grand for Edinburgh, brilliant. <laughs> no, well, because we go back to the time when Connacht, of course, won. Yeah. You know, and it's like a long time ago. <laughs> I remember, I remember Connacht coming here yeah. uh, during that time. It's with our favourite ground in the world now. Yeah, and obviously people thinking, you know, you know more about that than we do, about... Uh, you know, trying to keep it going, trying to build on that. And I think that's the thing. I mean, you know, where Connacht reached is where Richard Cockrell would like to take Edinburgh. Why not? You know, get, get a trophy, win something, and then use that as a platform. I don't know what's happened with Connacht, though, regarding yeah. from there on. Our listeners do know it. I think it was just Pat Lamb not being retained mm. initially, killed some of the momentum. I think the title came ahead of anyone's expectations and it wasn't part of a bigger plan. I'll put it to William and then to you again, Jeff. Richard's, Richard Cockrell seems to be happy planning something much bigger. He's not going to stumble across the title or it's not just come out of nowhere. It'll be part of a much bigger plan. Yeah, well, I mean, he came with a hugely successful CV uh, and I think he was... I think he did feel he had a point to prove when Leicester let him go. And I think this was a, a vehicle for him. And he, he maybe was unsure when he came here. Uh, and he's admitted that. But he's up and running with it now. And, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast before. Connacht didn't build on the success of 2016. They didn't drive on to the level that they should have done for whatever reason. And they're now in a very tricky situation. They've still got plenty of rugby to play this yeah. season. They've, you know, to tell that in the interviews, and why wouldn't they have plenty of games left? Yeah, they've nine games left. And you'll also feel that if Edinburgh and Munster plough on. Plow on, they will take points off sides around Connacht's orbit. Still have to play Scarlet at Sports Ground. Scarlet at the Sports Ground. Look at us getting, like, getting hopeful. <laughs> Out of nowhere. After that, hard to be hopeful. Um, players will be back. I mean, I, I, you know, Quinn Rue would make a difference. Bundiaki out there this evening. Those sort of players are going to have to come back, hit the ground running. Uh, two big trips to Italy. Uh, they've got a huge game against Ulster. There's so much rugby to play, but there is still must be a nagging doubt about big sides manhandling us and 
physically the, the, at the breakdown area sides think at the minute Cardiff did it last week even though they lost 29-0 there's free ball available that's you got to protect your ball you can't score if you don't have the ball and Connacht in those areas it, it all looks panicky and then it gets static now they can work through that um, but tonight was another tough learning curve for a side that maybe should be a little bit further on than still being on the learning curve all the while Edinburgh top Jeff will finish on this mm. nine points from a possible ten away to Scarlet's at home to Connacht what's next well I think the subject of Richard Cockrell himself is going to be fascinating you spoke about his plan but when you sit top of Conference B in the Pro 14 with nine wins from 12 when more of your players are being picked for the Scotland team and your name is known around European rugby Richard Cockrell English rugby. Of course, he had a spell in France as well before he came to Edinburgh. People are going to sit up and take notice. Now, who's going to sit up and take notice? Will it be an English Premiership club? Could it be France? I dare say it could it be the Scotland national team one day. Imagine Richard Cockrell as head coach of Scotland one day. Yeah. Now, the missing link in some areas. He's an SRU employee at the moment through here at Edinburgh. It's not a quantum leap to move offices down here. I'm not saying that's happening anytime soon, but people have been talking, within Scotland, have been talking about why wouldn't Richard Cockrell make a good coach of the Scotland national team one day? Have you got him a nice house in Edinburgh City, have you? Well, I tell you what, he told us, we didn't even ask him. Put him in the castle up there. He told us that uh, he's got a lovely house in Edinburgh. He said, my family loves Edinburgh. I love Edinburgh. Why so he's he's wedded to the city. Um, he loves because, as you might know, I don't know what your equivalent with Connacht is, but w- the Glasgow Edinburgh rivalry is oh, great. Yeah, the hardcore Connacht fans will say Munster. Right. Yeah, I'm so, going to say Munster. Okay. Well, you know Glasgow Edinburgh, yeah. and there only are two teams. Yeah. I hate to bring the football analogy of Celtic Rangers because they're both in the city, but we have East and we have West, and. That M8, the 50 miles of motorway that divides the two cities, it's so divisive. And Richard Cockrell learned this very quickly, that a good way to get under the skin of Dave Rennie, the Warriors coach, of course, who's a, you know, who's a New Zealander, going off to be an Australian coach, is to wind them up a wee bit. So when Glasgow and Edinburgh... I believe it. War of words, a gentle war of words. <laughs> you know, Richard will say, we're the poor cousins to Glasgow of Scottish rugby. And Dave Rennie goes, I'm not believing that for a minute. You know, so they wind each other up. So he's in a good place right now. But we all know, if you're successful, you know, if you've got a pedigree already that he has somebody sometime is surely going to come looking for him. So that two-year plan that you talk about, I hope that within Scottish rugby, they must be thinking, if we were to lose Richard Cockrell, what do we do next? Because if he goes on and does well, even goes all the way in the Pro 14 this year, they will come knocking on his door. Jeff Webster, thank you so much pleasure great to talk to you that was really enjoyable it, it, it eased the pain for us a little bit we'll talk uh, midweek where we can dissect it maybe we'll have time to breathe on all this yeah that'll that, you know it's a long flight home tomorrow um yeah well at least it's a short flight Connacht have a very long flight ahead of them they're off to South Africa on Wednesday that game takes on a massive significance now because frankly they have to come out of there with five points talk to you during the week folks Cut it loose Break out Or nothing changes Sad and confused
wait until 